Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. understand the pride when you play teams that are rivals and close to you and go back every time we play Woodland you know what throw the records out all the people say get on a bus and go two hours how about get on a bus and play your neighbor that you grow up with no kids and watch how hard those two teams competed tonight knock off all the other nonsense this is what it's about that was a great hard-fought game and I mean I don't remember last time I played Woodland that the score hasn't gone back and forth in the fourth quarter or second half you know the game was on the line and you just got to know your keys, and I was just ready. I wanted I wanted that win. We wanted that win. We were talking about it all week, and it was just a great feeling, and we accomplished our goals. We got that win tonight. I couldn't be more proud of these guys. They came out, and uh, that's that's one of the best teams in the state of Connecticut, and we came out and, and played with them. You know what I mean? And they made one more play than we did, and they, they got the victory. So. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football talk in Connecticut, and I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me, as always, is Peter Bagoyga. Peter, how are you? What's going on, man? What's going on? Everything's <laughs> going on. At the top of the show, you heard the wild scene up at Jarvis Stadium, where Aunt Sonia, number eight ranked Aunt Sonia, and it's 90, at the time, 92-game win streak against NBL opponents. The Chargers hang on to beat Woodland in a just an absolutely tremendous game over at Jarvis Stadium. You know, you, you, everyone talks about how Ansonia utterly dominates, and this, which is why finally you have one of these. I went in there thinking there was no way Woodland was going to be able to keep up, even though they had played him well the year before. We talked to Chris Moffa. We kind of alluded to it. We kind of, but under the surface, you're like, "There's no way, man!" And Sony just crushes in these games. But once again, Woodland came out. Woodland had him had a lead the entire game. Great effort by Belinsky, Tyler Belinsky. Amazing effort by uh, Jason Palmieri, their their receiver, running back, and uh, Joe DiDomenico. Amazing game by the Hawks. They but just could not. Just could not pull it off in a 26-20 to 20 loss. Again, it looked like it was going to go over overtime. But, you know, obviously you heard uh, at the top of the show, you heard from uh, Tom Brockett and the hero of the game, Jaden Blackwell, the sophomore, Ansonia, who blocked a punt that set up the winning touchdown with 16 seconds left. Unbelievable. Uh, and Ansonia survives. And, uh, well, what can you say, man? Like 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 Tom said at the top, it's a it was a great local game a great rivalry game. This is what we play football for. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, Tommy. Um, he was taking a little bit of a shot at everyone who loves these Alliance games. A little later on, we're going to have on Scott Benoit of East Haven, who also has a little bit of an issue with the Alliance games. He likes that local feel, even if he gets his teeth kicked in. So we'll talk to Scott a little bit about that. But it was just a crazy week in the NVL. Yeah, I mean, congratulations for Ansonia. It was uh, November 8th, and they finally started their season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
it takes usually forever. It takes this time of year for Ansonia to finally get a game. I, I, I get what Tom said, and I understand it, but <laughs> they didn't play one competitive game for three months. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Tom. Like, you know, sorry, Ansonia. I'm sure you guys love going, you know, 9-0 and heading into Thanksgiving and probably going 10-0. and But this, this from September 12th to November 1st, that wasn't good football. No. It wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable football. There's a reason why, you know, the NVL doesn't get the coverage that it used to because it's so predictable now. Yeah. I mean, great game for Woodland, great for Ansonia. Ansonia's probably really but happy they a, got tested, they won. It's an exception to the norm. Yeah. So, you know what, NVL, if you guys want to stay in your little league and, and beat each other up and get to the playoffs <laughs> and lose, that's fine. But you need – everything's changing. You need to get – look, Ansonia, you could play in the alliance and you would probably still beat everybody. Yeah. And I and I would say that with the utmost confidence that you guys are going to win state titles whether you're playing just in the NVL or not if you're playing in the alliance. But this doesn't help any other teams. Every other team in this league, we saw what happened last year with Naugatuck and L. They go in and they lost to Platt. And I think Platt was a good team last year, and I think L was a little down. But I think everybody thought Naugatuck should beat Platt. Yeah, well. And they Naugatuck, and it was at Naugatuck, yeah. and it doesn't look like Naugatuck got off the bus. Yeah. I mean, other smoked. than Ansonia, who are these teams from the NVL that are succeeding when they play other teams in the state? Right. They don't. So you want to play your 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 neighborhood games and 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 you know have the history and tradition there. That's fine, but you guys didn't start your season till November. <clears throat> Yeah, and even the kids after the game were like, "We are. This is the greatest game we've ever played in. This is like, oh my, thank God!" Like they were much respect to Woodland. They were fired up about winning a close game like that. But yeah, like you said, you know, there's too many Ansoni games where they are playing competition that they have that the, the teams are just way out of their depth. They're playing a team like a storied program like Ansonia. No. I do agree with Tom Brockett, and it's a thing we've touched on throughout the year and in past years that I believe that he should be playing the Seymours, the yeah. Derbies, the Woodlands, the Naugatucks, uh in an in a league, but but these other games, man, these you know, playing Kennedy and, and Willby, you know. Yeah, say, you wanna you wanna play like you said, Seymour, Derby, Woodland, Naugatuck. Those are your rivals. That's you, fine. You, that's five Nobody's games. saying you can't play those games. Yeah. That's what, five or six games? Go out I mean Oh, and I, I know we talked on this show and we've talked about playing, you know, you play a team in the regular season, you play them in the playoffs, you don't really know how you feel about that. But, I mean, come on, you wouldn't want to see Ansonia play like Bloomfield in like week one yeah. or like Sheehan this year, yeah. you know, depending on the year. I mean, that's what I would want to see. I'm not saying we need Ansonia to go play Newtown again as a double L S school. Mm. And I know the NVL didn't fare well in their crossover with the SWC a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, they got smoked in that But, one. like, I don't know. It's just you just sit there and it's like – I have no interest in going to an NVL game this year. No, there's no reason to until they play their rivals. I mean, you know, the answer, finally, like, people are like, when are you going to come back to cover Anson? When are you guys going to come back to cover Anson? When you play somebody good. Yeah. When you play somebody who's, like, you know. Decent. When you play, I mean, I think we kind of had a feeling that this game could be a blowout or it could be close. Because um, you don't know what Woodland has because Woodland hasn't played right, anybody until they played Ansonia. And then everyone all year, Naugatuck, Naugatuck, they just lost to Torrington and then they just lost to Seymour. Yeah. Naugatuck's done. Everyone, okay, well, Ansonia's not going to have a hard time beating them on things. It was, uh, I, uh, I listen, I agree with Tom to a point, and then I also agree with the Al Carbone side to a point. I want to meet in the middle somewhere. That's where I yeah. want. We'll talk to Scott Benoit a little bit about that. But it was totally, no, I was pumping the next week up as being the crazy week. We have. Hand versus Shelton, the big showdown, which 
Shelton hasn't been really holding up its side of the bargain. They got two losses. Now they desperately need this, so there's a little bit of edge there in that game. But next, this you know we have uh, Greenwich versus Ridgefield. You have Berlin versus Bloomfield. This was this week coming up was going to be the big, big big week, but last week was crazy. Last week was filled with a surprise. You had NFA sending a killingly to its first loss with a with a hook and lateral play at the end of the game. A tremendous play by Andrew Cody uh, to 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 win that game. Then killingly getting their first loss against a double L school. But hey, whatever. Tremendous game out there in the, in the ECC. Back here, you had Holy Cross beating Torrington, which just knocked off Naugatuck. And Naugatuck losing to Seymour. Seymour winning in overtime, completing the comeback. Harmeling, who was the kid who they put in there because the quarterback, Ann Sadik, got hurt last year. Harmeling finally finishes the job, scores up the middle in overtime. They beat Naugatuck. And now Naugatuck's in big trouble in Class L, which, don't forget, they're in Class L. So, uh, but great win by Seymour. They put themselves back in the conversation. Holy Cross puts themselves in the conversation. Torrington, you know, we thought they were right in the middle of mixing Class M. Now it's they're in trouble. Uh, it, it was a great, crazy night. How about Crosby ending their win streak against, or in their losing streak against Derby? So it was a it was a wild week finally in the NVL. A little juice to the NVL, you know, and like like you just said. Those weeks are really kind of rare in the NVL these days. And that's probably the last time we're going to talk about the NVL this season. Yeah, well, I mean, we st- Ansonia and Naugatuck. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we'll still talk about Ansonia. Ansonia's Ansonia playing Seymour this week, so that should be interesting. We'll see how, how Seymour now responds <laughs> with a little bit of life. You thought their season was over when they got blown out by Watertown, and then they, they lost to uh, by, lost to Wolkett in, in the final final minutes of that game. So, uh, crazy week in the N- NVL. Crazy. How about your game? You saw Maloney just given... Weathersfield, the business. So what's funny is Sean and I were texting on Friday, and I was going up to Maloney Weathersfield. Sean was going, obviously, to Ansonia Woodland. And I texted Sean something like, have fun with the running clock in the second half. Yeah. You know, you'll be home by 8. Yeah. And, My game uh, started at 6, yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be outside freezing in a good game or whatever. And then it was a complete opposite. Yeah. Sean's game went down to the wire, and there was a running clock in mine. Yeah. I mean, Malo- James Tarver, both teams came out, couldn't throw the ball early. Maloney just ran the ball. Tarver, 320 yards, shocked. five touchdowns. They ran Weathersfield out the door. Yeah, I was a little concerned about Weathersfield last year. They kind of struggled to put Middletown away. I mean, they didn't look sharp or crisp, and I know Ned wrote about their defense a bit, and that defense did play well. I thought it would be a little different against Maloney. We both, well, you and I were the only guys to pick Maloney. pick Maloney. I had a couple of coaches text me. They're like, only two of you were picking Maloney? I was like, well, yeah, Sean and I, it holds a lot more weight. Yeah. No. <laughs> But like well, I just saw Weathersfield, but, and that I had weekend. seen and I had seen Maloney before, and you know Connor Pace and Matt Silver that big connection. Cam Moreno shut Connor Pace out. Connor Pace had wow. zero catches. I mean, how about the SEC this week? I did not expect Notre Dame, uh, sorry, Notre Dame to get blown out by Fairfield Prep. That was an impressive Fairfield Prep actually in the mix in Class Double L, as uh, Keith Helstern was saying after the game. You have Han and Xavier showing down. It, it was a forty-six. Six victory by hand, but that was not an easy game for the Tigers. Xavier did show up in that game, kept it close early, but then hand just does Xavier, what hand does. Xavier's right there. They are. They are there right, right there. there. Yeah. Now, do yeah. they were they going to beat hand? No. Absolutely not. Xavier But is that's right got to go, yeah. They got North Haven and West Haven. Xavier could finish over 500. Absolutely. I, I am all in. They're going to if they finish 6 and 4, they have almost everybody coming back yeah. from this team. They're right there. Oh, my God, they're so close. 
How about Wilbur Cross and Hillhouse winning on the same day? Wilbur Cross with their first victory of the season. They pretty much they gave it to Guilford 25-13. Hillhouse with a with a score at the end there to beat West Haven. I think that I believe that's Will Hillhouse's first victory over West Haven since 1991. Granted, <laughs> granted, granted, they did not play for like 20 years. So it's but 30 years ago. 1991. Yeah, when, when they were in both in the district league, which you know we'll talk about later. But then then you have the other over at Vanacore Field, North Haven, giving Sheehan the business. Sheehan was missing uh, Terrence Bogan in that game, and uh, it didn't seem like they were hanging around even without him, but just couldn't complete the deal. Now Sheehan has well, got a huge game coming so up this week. Also in missing Terrence Bogan, um, I was following along on Twitter with Mike Madera, and Jordan Davis got knocked out at one point in the game. Yep. And starting quarterback Kyle Simmons got knocked out at one point in the game. Um, I think they went back into the games, but they were playing down all game, and they still hung tough with North Haven. Right. So crazy night in the NVL, the SEC, a little bit of the ECC. It sets up for a really interesting week 10 now. This is the week before that one low week before Thanksgiving. This is like the last complete regular season Friday night games. So I can't believe we've actually we've actually got to this point. But let's take a look at these standings, Pete. You know, mm-hmm. let's take a look at uh, you know where do you want to start? Can't believe we're here. Really. Oh, I know we got to start looking at playoffs. We got to start. Lo- I just can't believe we're here. It just it's yeah. just wild. We're gonna start in double L. Yeah, let's start in double L. Like we mentioned before, team. Oh, I didn't even mention Hamden. Speaking of double L, Hamden in twelfth place right now in double L, six and two, knocking off Amity. They, they've given me the business because I said, all right, now it's time for a reality check for Hamden. But Hamden showed up. But it was a reality check. Whether they won or lost, it's still a reality yeah. check. This is let's let's kick the tires on Hamden. Let's, yeah, let's <laughs> let's kick the tires on Hamden. Haven't they lost New Milford, which just not just the other night. Lost to Bethel, and yeah. Bethel's got congrats. I think, Bethel. I think Hand is kicking themselves. Hamden is kicking themselves as we're losing that New Milford game. Yeah, it was a they barn should burner. be. They really should be seven and one. Yeah, so I mean, Hamden's right in the mix. They're six and two. They got games against Sheehan and Notre Dame left. Fairfield Prep in the mix. They're in. They're in eleven. NFA has come flying back. That was a huge win to get all of Killingly's points. Yep. Um, and then they have they have Bacon Academy, which has got six wins, and New London with four wins. So you know, NFA's not out of this either. That's because you're looking up the standings a little bit here. Shelton plays hand, and well, I mean, uh, we're going to pick that game later, but I don't know. You know, If you ask anybody, I think everyone's going to go across the board hand on that one. Um, but we'll see. We shall see. It's going to be. Cheshire, too, is up there. They got Sheen and Southington. Well, Shelton is just a game out of, of number eight spot. Hall is there. They got Weathersfield left and Connor left. I think from Hall up, I think you can pretty much – Say Darien's gonna get in. They're eight now, right? Newtown. Newtown's gonna get in. If they just beat Barlow, they're gonna get in. Darien's gonna get in by beating Norwalk this week. Southington, I think, will be close either way. If they beat New Britain, I think you can pretty much put them in. Um, if even if they lose to Cheshire, I still think Southington gets in. They have enough points, especially beating Simsbury last week. Simsbury, as we mentioned, will be fine. They got to beat Glastonbury and Avon. They should beat Avon. Glastonbury might be a little bit tricky, but, you know, they handled Enfield last week. So uh, then you have Ridgefield, which plays Greenwich this week. So that's going to be really interesting. Greenwich is sitting there at number seven. Ridgefield currently at number five. I would think Ridgefield loses that game. We shall see. This is their big moment. The loser of that game is going to be sweating a little bit. But with Ridgefield playing Danbury and, of course, Greenwich playing Staples, I think they're going to be fine. Hi. Oof. 
Yeah. You're just gonna give Ridgefield the win over Danbury? No, I, know. I don't I know, know man. Your boys. I know they're well, your they, boys. yeah, but they're playing really well. They're they are. So that was athletic. a great win over Norwalk the other they're day. They're so athletic. They just gotta they gotta stop taking penalties. Yeah. And number six is Cheshire, which I think if they beat Sheehan, I think they're gonna be in a great spot because then, well, they actually have three games left. Cheshire does. So I think if they win the next two, Sheehan and, and Harding, they're going to be favored in the Sheehan game. I think they're going to be in good shot. So there's only a few spots left here in Class L, and they, they're going to be fighting for that last there but There's not nine, a lot of wriggle room. 19 teams still alive, including Glastonbury, yeah. who's three and five. Right, because they have they have uh, two games left Where's with a Ned? lot of points. Ned, Ned, can you give me that scenario on how that happens? <laughs> Even Ned won't do that one. <laughs> So that's that's double L. I uh, I think you're going to see the top six teams, the seven teams there, pretty much get in. Ridgefield playing Greenwich is, should be interesting, and Southington playing Cheshire. That'll mix things up. All right, but can I ask you a question then? Sure. If if we're locking up the top seven seeds right now, right? Darien, Newtown, Southington, Simsbury. I would say top Ridgefield, six. Cheshire and Greenwich. See, I would say top six. I think if Cheshire, Cheshire beating Southington would get them in. Okay, but let's lock up Darien, Newtown, Southington, Simsbury, Ridgefield, and Greenwich. Yes. So that's two spots. Out right. of those other teams, who gets those final two? Yeah. Take take a guess. Shot shot in the dark. We got Cheshire, Hall, Shelton, NFA, well, Prep, Hamden. I think if Cheshire beats Sheehan this week and they beat Harding, I think it won't matter for Southington because they're only going to have two losses. Okay. Let's say Shelton loses the hand. Let's say Hall loses. I mean, they're going to need a little bit of help, but I think Cheshire stays ahead of most of them. So I think it's going to come down to that. The final spot is going to be if Hall can win out, I think it's theirs. Yeah. If Shelton beats hand, they throw themselves way into the mix. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's huge. Prep needs a lot of help. Hamden needs a lot of help. They're going to need to win what out. about NFA? And NFA is going to get some points. But they have three losses, so I think it's the destiny's in Shelton's hands if they want it. They could be hand. Hypothetically speaking, if Hall loses to Weatherfield, mm-hmm. which is possible, mm-hmm. they'll have three losses. Mm-hmm. Shelton loses the hand, they'll have three losses. Right. And it's if they've got those three, three losses, Prep's going to have three losses. Hamden will have two. Uh, they're going to play Shane. They could have three losses. So we're probably looking at a three-loss team getting in here. Yeah, I think so. I think so. In That's double L. It's either going to be Hall, Shelton, NFA, or Prep. I I don't know about prep. And Prep's going to have well, here's the thing. Prep plays Shelton. Yeah. So that's going to knock one of those two out. And then there's Ludlow sitting there at 5 and 3 yeah. all the way at the bottom with games against Danbury and Ward. And Ward and Danbury sitting there at 5 and 3 with with two with games against Ludlow and Richfield. Danbury needs to be Ridgefield to make it a, give it a shot. I don't know if well, they're going to be Ludlow enough. first. Right. Both if Ludlow them, yeah. wins, they'll go to 6 and 3. Ward, they could go 7 and 3. And it's Connor's be, it's got Hall, so Connor and Hall are going to beat each other out. Like one of them's going to get knocked out. Don't forget, Connor's still sitting there with three losses. Yeah, too. but Connor has to play Hall. Right. So they'll play each other. So Ludlow's sitting there. Ludlow and Danbury. Well, Ludlow really is sitting there, and pretty the teams that they're playing aren't Danbury's ahead of them, but uh, they should beat Ward. I mean, if they could beat Danbury this week. It's going to Ludlow's be close. going to have a prayer. It's going to be close for that final spot there. But I think that's what you're looking at right now. I think everyone else is going to be fine. I think it's just going to come down to that final spot, unless there's another upset. Uh, jump over to L. Let's, yeah, let's <laughs> jump over to L. St. Joe win. They're going to get in if they beat Staples this week. Hand, if they beat Shelton, they're in. Maloney is pretty close if they beat Windsor, which is a six-win team. If they don't, then that's going to help Windsor out immensely. And Windsor is right now sitting at number 10. Um 
Berlin's got a really tough schedule. Berlin is number four in Class L. First of all, Berlin shouldn't be in Class L. That's a joke. I don't care what the CIC says. That's a joke. But they're playing Bloomfield. They're playing New Britain. Two two teams that have had their number over the years, especially in the Wishbone Bowl. So, given Berlin banged up, hanging in there, you got to give them a ton of credit for being seven and one right now. Yeah. The last two games are going to be really tough for them to get it. So. How about New Cannon sitting there? They're fine at six and two. They got to beat Wilden, and of course they got to beat Darien. Argument's sake, they don't beat Darien. They I can still, still get in. I still think they're going to be in but good these, shape. Because if you continue to look down, L Newington, Newington and, Weathers and Weathersfield play each other. They're going and Maloney, and right. Maloney and Windsor. Right. All these CCC teams are beating each other up, and they're going to cost each other. Uh, here, spots. Here's here's here, here's where it gets really interesting. New Cannon plays Wilton this week, mm-hmm. and Wilton is sitting at number eight. This is where hey. Phillips, guys, this is your moment. You got you want to be in the playoffs. You got to beat New Canaan. That's yep. pretty much the way it breaks down there. If Wilton can't do it, guess who move? Guess who's puts themselves in a good position? Would be Massic if they can beat Weston. Yep. Then of course they have Newtown on Thanksgiving and Eve. If Windsor beats Maloney, they jump up. Yep, and they'll be they'll be in the mix there. If Massic somehow ends up with seven with a three losses, then it gets a little. Tricky. You have you know Xavier sitting there at twelve and four and four. They went out. Maybe if other teams lose and fall back to zero, I don't want to talk about playoffs yet for Xavier. But you also have Woodstock. You know Middletown. I don't know if any of those teams get in, but uh, I think Massick has got a huge. They got teams with big points left in their schedule, and that Newtown game is never, ever a gimme for either side. I don't care wow. how good Massick is. I don't care how good Newtown is. That Thanksgiving Day game is I never. I don't know. I, I listen. Two years ago, it was like Newtown would, would have been undefeated, and guess what? Massic. I know, but Massic has been very weird this year. It's been very weird this year, but it's, traditionally that game is a barn burner. Almost, almost every. There were a couple of years where Newtown couldn't even touch them, and vice versa. But uh, it's probably one of the best Thanksgiving. Traditionally, one of the best Thanksgiving games. Massic. I mean, Massic did have that one point loss to Windsor. That thirty-point yeah, win to that. Cheshire, though. It's yeah. just yuck. Well, well, I mean, listen, it's not a not a great team, but they're definitely in it. Oh, yeah. Especially if they beat Weston this week. Well, so, so, speaking good, of Weston. Yeah, speaking of Weston, we're going to go to Class M. Rockville, 7-0. They're gonna, they beat Coventry. They have three games left. They beat Coventry this week. They're pretty much in. Waterford is going to be in. They got Woodstock and East Lyme. I could see him winning one of those, two. I think they're going to be in eventually. ATI is definitely getting in. Uh, they have three games left in the uh, in their uh, CTT schedule. Uh, don't sleep on Thames. All right. Well, Thames don't River. sleep on Thames. Fine. Well, Thames River <laughs> is number seven in this in this division. Nope. So one of those, if it's ATI beating Thames River, then that knocks them out. But if Thames somehow beats ATI, they throw themselves in the mix. And I don't think ATI is going to be in trouble even if they lose a second game. That said, you have Killingly at four, East Lyme and New London. You have Windsor Locks in this spot, number five. They have a bunch of tough games left. They're they got, making that they're making that pregame sticker look good. Yeah, <laughs> the preseason sticker. Yeah, they have SMSA this week, which is no joke. North Brantford, which is no joke, and then they finish up with Stafford. So Windsor Lock has got its work cut out for for them if they want to stay in this playoff race in Class M. If they can win two of those games, I think they will be okay. Because one of them below them is SMSA. Same th- same deal. They gotta play. They gotta play Stafford, and they gotta play Windsor Locks. 
I think they might need to win both, if if not just one of those games. Well, the first one, the, the, I think whoever loses this game between Winterlocks and SMSA is going to need a prayer. Okay. So there's a lot of two lost teams that are behind them that can get more True. points. Granby Canton has been one of them. New Fairfield. How about Weston here? All right, so Thames River is number 7 in M. Again, huge, huge game with ATI coming up. Not this week, but the week after. And then they also got to play a pretty tough Quinnebog team on Thanksgiving week. They're at seven. Weston is sitting. Weston, which got James Getz back. Welcome. Um, they got to play Massick, and then they got to play Barlow. I like their chances against Barlow. I mean, they, they just, you know, Weston just messed up Notre Dame Fairfield. So yeah. they, with Getz back, it's a whole new ball game with them. If they can beat Massick, they're getting in. Yep. They're definitely getting in if they beat Massick, especially since that's also an extra 10 points th- to them. Granby Canton's got his work cut out. They aren't going to get a lot of points from those two teams, so they're going to have to win them both and hope that some teams above them fall out, like Thames River especially. But, you know, then you have New Fairfield, which <laughs> they need to win out as well. They got Stratford, Notre Dame, Fairfield, and New Milford. I believe that they will win all those games. They're going to finish up 8-2. and New, two. New Milford, nice little double L bump if they beat them. Yeah, so that'll help New Fairfield out a bit. But, again, they're going to need some teams above them to lose. They're praying Massick knocks off Weston, and they're praying Barlow knocks off Weston as well. Barlow also in the mix there, too, so don't pray too much, New Fairfield, because if Barlow finishes – well, first of all, Barlow has to beat Newtown, which I don't think is happening. But then they have Weston. You know, that's going to be tough for them to get in with three losses. I mean, you know, I, I, we, this, is a, this is a division M. We said some teams might get in with four losses. Forget that. That's not happening. So – very interesting. Torrington has fallen down. Wilkett's fallen down, but they're still all mathematically Gilbert, alive. Hey, Brantford's still mathematically alive. My pick is in. Yeah. <laughs> and East go. Haven, too. We'll talk to Scott Benoit momentarily. Gilbert Northwestern's still alive at three and four. East Haven's got three wins. They they need to win out to put themselves in the mix. So that's a that's a pretty crazy division there. And then let's go to Class S. Bullard Haven's already clinched a spot, and Sony's going to clinch eventually. They got If they beat Seymour, it's a done deal. Bloomfield, they beat Berlin, it's a done deal. Sheehan, if they beat Cheshire, I think you, you can knock them in. If not, then they're going to have to win their last two games, Hamden and Lyman Hall, which is always a great You think game. they can get in at 7 and 8-2? At, uh, and two, I think if so. If they yeah. lose to Cheshire. Well, here's the deal. Plainfield plays Montville and Griswold. Griswold always beats Plainfield, except for last year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so much for that. Woodland's in there. Now Woodland needs to win out. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, Pete. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's no. I'm be just, tougher. I'm just trying to. Holy Cross has got Naugatuck and Woolcott. That's that's tough. But yeah. Holy Cross is in there. Seymour would n- definitely need to beat Ansonia and Winland. The rest yeah. of the great, great job, Cats getting into the mix. That's going to be tough. Plainville, Tim Shea. Plainville. They're sitting there. Those are two very winnable games. And Lewis Mills and Farmington. Then you have Bacon Academy at ten. They're going to have to beat NFA and Ram. Stafford's still in the mix here. They got three games left. North Brantford. You know, you're right. It's Class S is, is again, It's as it always is. It's really about, it's going to be. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. Yeah, well, here, here's where. I mean, I see Bullard Havens, Ansonia Bloomfield. I'm going to say I think Sheen gets in. I think, you know, maybe if, even if they lose to Cheshire, I still think Sheen gets in. Uh, they really, really, really needed that North, North Haven yeah. to make it a lot easier on them. But hey, um, oh, then I got Hamden after us. Yeah, and that's not yeah. So just and Hamden has shown itself school. to be okay. Yeah. So hey, it, it, it's going to be a very interesting playoff run. Yep. Here. We're gonna we'll, we'll see how this all shakes out. Week ten is going to be an insane 
week. This is where we really find out who's in and who's out for the Contenders most. Contenders and pretenders. Yeah, the pretenders are going to be exit <laughs> do our, stage. Do we have our things from last year? <laughs> yeah, exit stage left for the for the pretenders with losses this week, and we're really going to find out where we stand as we head into the final two weeks of the regular season. For most people, for most teams, next the week after next is going to be like the bye before Thanksgiving. And then we get right into it. And sure enough, it'll be it'll be time for the playoffs. I know it's a lot to digest all the playoff stuff. And believe me, we will get to all this stuff in, in much more detail after next week. But for now, let's just hop on with our first guest. Joining us on the show is, of course, the head high school football coach of East Haven High School, the great Scott Benoit. Coach, how you doing? What's going on? Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. I'm doing well. Just getting ready to go over to practice in a little while. I've been kind of ribbing you in the, because uh, <laughs> I know you're all over the, you've told it to me, and you've been on Facebook and stuff saying like, what are we doing here? And, uh, and I've ribbed you in the guide a little bit, you know, just, <laughs> just to, you know, just to kind of push the buttons. But you are not a fan of playing all these out of, out of conference games. You just aren't. And you mentioned, uh, so. To, to say the, I am, I am not a fan of it. Um, I, I think. The essence of high school football is based on playing rival teams, playing teams that you have something in common with besides being a class M school, something that you have some a team teams that you have something in common with geographically to me is the most important thing. Right. I mean, we don't play North Haven high school, which is probably five miles from our school. Yeah. And we don't play Wilbur cross, which is about four miles from our school. Yeah. So now again, we may—I mean, we may not make out well in those games, but I don't think that that's the point. I think when you're trying to build a program, you need to—you de- need to develop some interest in your fan base, your players, you know, the school, the town, the whole thing. And quite frankly, again, nothing against the teams we played. The teams, New Fairfield. If New Fairfield gets in the playoffs in Class M, they can win it. They are an excellent, excellent mm. team. But these games are very difficult because there is we know nothing about them except for what we see on film. We know nothing about their culture. We know nothing about their players. Um, you know, so I think that takes a lot away from what high school football should be. Not to mention the travel. Right. In the sub varsity aspect of this, right? Our our we have a Froshmore team, you know, combined a lot of, and, and a lot of people team. do, yeah. Yes, they drove to Brookfield, played a game. The freshman coach said to me on the when he got back from the game, he goes, "It took us longer to get there than it did to play the game." <laughs> so I mean, again, that I, I think that that is an that's an issue. You're trying to develop a program, getting your young guys playing games, and it, it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Not to mention New Fairfield came to our place. It took them two hours and fifteen minutes to get there. Right. There's no easy way to get there from There's no easy way. I mean it's then I, I, I saw the other two weeks ago, I guess it was, that Killingly and Brookfield played. Yeah. And I didn't think it was possible to get to either place <laughs> from each other. Can't get there from here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like I said, I, I, I just think and again, I'm old fashioned, but I believe in geographic rivalries. And you know what? If if so so be it if your neighboring town is that much better, well then you got a lot then you gotta get better. Right. You know, and I and I think that, that I think that's what's kind of 
getting missed and all this. So what would you say then to the people who say that you get to play these teams from out uh, of your conference and out of your area? Don't you think that it levels some of the classes um, where you can't have one team from a bad conference who goes 9-1 and because they played – nine awful teams and they're stealing spots away from maybe a team from the SEC who competes hard and plays a ridiculous schedule and wins seven games and they're on the outside looking in. Yeah. I I think in that, in that aspect, I get that. I get that out of it. The, uh, the playing all teams in your class and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, again, it's just the, uh, the other stuff I mentioned, I think takes precedence over that. I guess we could, you could look at a game like, I mean, you guys play in the, in the SEC tier three, but you don't play everybody. Um, and you know, we don't, and you don't play, you know, and you, but they do give you like a team like Cheshire to play and Cheshire, yeah. you know, class double L. I mean, you guys are, you guys are an M you're like a, sometimes East Haven can be an L, but you guys are borderline M. The reason why the SEC went to the tier structure was so they, that the, th- the three teams and the two teams didn't have to play, you know, the Cheshire's and the West Haven's of the world. Now you went, you coached at West Haven for you. You coached at Hamden. You've coached at Gil. You've yeah. been all over the league, so you know you know the history of it. You know that there were a lot of you know teams in the league that didn't want to play the bigger schools, and and they didn't feel like they they. What would you say to that? Would you- I, I I from my standpoint, I I never really had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I was at both ends of it. When I was at Guilford, we were it was Division Two at the time, correct? Yeah. Back then, yep. And we would play two Division One games plus and. On Thanksgiving, so that was three Division One games in a season, and it didn't didn't phase me one bit. I I liked it because again, it was teams that we had something in common with geographically and from a, you know, understanding the history of the programs and all that kind of stuff. When I was at Hamden, we were t- Division One. I. I did not like playing the Division Two games for the simple fact that it was very difficult to get our kids attention for those games. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I've been, I've been on both ends of it, right. but my thing is this, we should play everyone in our, in our tier. Right. All right. After that, think about this. High school football is the only sport where the head coach has no say into who's on his schedule. I would. And again, I know this is never going to happen, but back in the 80s, yep. what would happen is you would play everyone in your league. The AD and the head coach would sit down and get games. And you could kind of manage your schedule that way. And believe me, East Haven High School would have no problem getting games. I think people would be lining up at the door to play. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that that, you know, that, that makes more sense than, than just getting handed a schedule and say, oh, here you go. This is who you're playing this year. Is there a – is... it doesn't. Well, it, Coach, is there a happy medium that they can – maybe they give you a two games, uh, maybe a crossover with another league, just to at least give – because, you know, now you're playing – again, like, as Pete mentioned, you're playing against uh, – you're playing a schedule where it's all over the place and it doesn't really have a lot of bearing on – like some team's schedule might be tough in L or M – and other teams, you know, they play in the Pequot or something in M, and they don't play the type of teams you do. They don't play at Cheshire, or, or there, is there some way that we can balance that out? I, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not that smart to figure out the schedule. <laughs> yeah, we are together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not. But, but I mean, again, I, I just think that there's, there's a the what the basis of this whole league 
was, and when I first started coaching, I was at West Haven, yep. and we couldn't get games. We had to play games out of state. We right. played teams from Mass. We played teams you were from in New the York, district league. You were in the district yes. league. You only had what Cross Hill House and Hamden at the end of the at the end of, of it, that run. Yes, and you were yes. playing. But I remember yeah, we, you were playing up in Mass. You were playing. Uh, what was it? The Andover Prep. Saint John's. Or, Saint, yeah, Saint, Saint John's, John's Prep. Prep. Saint John's Prep Catholic Memorial. Uh, we we played some really good teams up there. So I think that that's in '93. That's how the SEC came about. So everyone got you know had had games. But I mean now we're we're kind of going in an opposite direction of that. I mean we were really. I mean how much of a conference is it? it has it really become? I right. mean, if you're not playing everyone in your in your division, I, I said this uh, when we played Cheshire. I was talking to Don Dross before the game. I said it's week six or week seven. I don't even remember what it was. I said we've played two conference games so far, <laughs> you know. And it just it, it, the season, this season itself. When you combine the out of league games with the bye weeks. It is. There has been no rhythm to this season yeah. at all. I would agree. Yeah, with I, that I mean, from we, a lot of people. We we went. We opened with foreign, which is a division game. Then we played two out of league games. Then we played Guilford. Now we're playing at a high level, right? You know that that was a, that was a great football game we played against Guilford. Then we have a week off. Then we come back with two out of league opponents. Mm. So any momentum that we had going was completely lost. Right. You know, so now we play New Fairfield, Stratford, Cheshire. Now we have another week off, okay, and then we finish up with Lyman Hall, Law, and Brantford. Yeah. So I mean, it, it just it's beca- it, it's been so choppy. Um, you know, it's 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 been difficult. I mean, it seems like we've been playing for eight months. I mean, it, yeah. because we have, we get so much time off. I think that there should be, I totally agree with you. It's a good idea what they're doing with Al and the rest of the guys are doing. And I like the, I think they went a little overboard this year. That's just, you know, I think that there's some place for it, especially if you want to have a, have a say in your, like there's some teams like they don't in like, for example, the FCA, I know that in the SEC as well, where there's some teams that don't play anybody in their, in their class at all. And they have no, no bearing on where it goes. So I, it, Either the, something's got to change at the state level with the playoff. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the I, answer is. Really. Well, here's just you, you know the, the thing. The thing is this too. Not every conference is participating yes. in this, right. which I think plays a big factor. Because I'm looking right now at the Class M playoffs right now because of where you guys are. Three of the eight teams, if the season ended today, played in the alliance. Mm. That Three. means that five teams that are in, would you say, I mean, you look at East Haven, let's say East Haven goes eight and two, the rest mm-hmm. of the, you know, let's say you guys yeah, let's w- give Scott uh, a win out. Wins. Yeah, <laughs> let's say they go eight and two. Yeah. They might be looking on the outside in at five teams that didn't play in the Alliance. Uh, oh, you're saying yeah. five, teams, five that teams that didn't, that the Pequot, right. the Tech, right. that weren't a part of the Alliance scheduling, and they're in with better records. Yet East Haven's on on looking in because they played all these other teams and kind of right. balanced everything. So I think we need yeah. if we're going to continue to do this, we need the NVL. We need we and definitely need the NVL. We need the Pequot. Yeah, they ain't I mean we the, we could have a whole other conversation about the tech schools. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I mean, I I do know that I like the spirit of it because I always said, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a guy who wants to to play. I want I don't want points. Scott, I don't want points to determine where I – I want to win my league. That gets me into the playoffs. I want it that way. That's the my bottom line. How we do it, 
I'm open to discussion. But I want to have you play, you know, your, your maybe seven league games or whatever. And if you win that league, maybe you get a wild card. But if you win that league, you get to go to the playoffs. Because there's no incentive for – I don't like the idea that – that you because the leagues have become so big you can't have a real champion and usually your division champion is over like four teams which is what it was before and well, do you some, see in, in the CCC this year there's a possibility that one of their division 1 champs the uh, the side that Southington's not on yeah. they're the CCC East or West champs yeah. they all have a possibility of being something like 3 and 4 and having a four-way tie yeah. is that really a champion well, yeah i mean again i think well, i think those divisions are too they're too small yeah no i know that's what i'm but, saying that you, but you they'll a, be but they'll be celebrated you, oh, you yeah, know that yeah i know because but well here's the thing it's either right now the only thing you can really sell because the leagues have kind of deteriorated to the point that there's no fcx championship there's no like you know who's league you know that everybody's been trying everyone's trying to do too much and you don't have yeah. uh, you don't have like a you don't have a banner you can hang like remember back in the you know the eight that was yeah, a good thing about it i do you can I do. hang a, I do. you can hang a hoosie banner now if you made the playoffs great back then but even if you didn't, at least you could hang something. Your you, your kids accomplished something, and I think we're yeah, we exactly. are missing that. And all I would yeah, really yeah. say is I, I would like to see the divisions kind of consolidated. I don't if you want to put them all into, and then you know if you want to all put them by. I don't know how you, you would do the divisions, but so but I would totally say keep it local as humanly possible. You want it to, you know your old school rivals to be in your division with you, and then Correct. whoever wins the division goes to the playoffs. I think that's correct. Forget points. The points thing is just ridiculous. I think. So. I think the point. Yeah, I, think I, the I point can never. Is, I mean, go ahead, guys. Oh, I was just saying. I, I get that you don't want the points, but I think the points system does it rewards teams for beating better teams. It we does. saw it last year in L when Benel was nine and one, and they were the eight seed because they didn't play a good schedule, and yeah, it rewarded correct. the teams who played a better schedule. Yes, Benel was upset that they had to play hand in the first round. Well, you know what? Everyone in L was afraid, was, yeah. uh, was mad they had to play hand. Right. But I think it rewarded those <laughs> eight and two teams that were better than Benel because Benel didn't play a tough schedule right. last year. I, I, you know, I get yeah. it. I don't really like. But go ahead, Cole, what, are, what are your what are your? I mean, it's it, it's. It, I mean, I, I again, I I don't I don't know if there's a perfect. <laughs> system no. i will say this though that there's no way we should be playing football on december 13th i agree with yeah. that you know <laughs> that, that, that's that, that's that's a little bit late are you so, uh, i mean i don't know are you and i've heard there are there are talks of expanding the playoffs oh how, god how not on this show the playoffs no way not on this show there, there are not and you see some of the teams that get into the playoffs there are not that many good teams that deserve to go the to the first postseason. round. The first round in last year's playoff oh, was only yes. good in double L. The only reason why I, I like the way it is now, I mean, the the late start, the late finish aside, is that it does it did get some of those SEC FCAC teams that might have had to play a ridiculous schedule into the playoffs at seven and three. Where like remember yeah. when Law didn't get in at eight and one or nine and one, which was nine and one. They, they had a good team. They yeah. had a good team. And it was I remember a, with, that team. Yeah, it was a really good team. And but then they got in two years ago in six and four. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, yeah, they, they got in two years ago in six so, and four. Correct. There's no. Yeah. There's no I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, again, I, I just. I'm I'm more concerned about the regular season schedule more than anything. And that's an important and, coach. That yeah. I think again we get a wrapped up in playoffs. The regular season should be kept the like, it should be kept uh, sacred. 
Like you know, it shouldn't Absolutely. be as many teams get. That should you should be you should want to. Every game is a big game. If everyone starts getting into the playoffs, then you completely diminish the regular season. Oh. And what are we doing? The in class, yeah, correct. In class S and M last year, in S every first round game was won by over forty points. In M. Every game was won by over 25 points, yeah. except for Berlin and Brookfield. And then in L and double L, all the games were close in the first round, except for hand beating Benel right. by, uh, by 50. You want yeah. to expand no, the a, playoffs? That's a, the, yeah, whoever, those are, that's an absurd I, I, idea. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard that. I, I heard that. Oh, but, we've heard it as well. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's you know, the other, the, other, the other issue now is becoming, from what I hear, is Thanksgiving. There's a lot of people who want to get rid of Thanksgiving and What's your thought? go to some sort of schedule where you're going to play eight regular seasons games yeah, and then that. play your thanksgiving game forget that. and it's not going to count forget that and, i will you, you know, know what if that happens my mom will be happy i'll get to go home yeah, for thanksgiving i don't need to go to a thanksgiving day game it's not going to count if it's not going to count you're just going to play it just for the heck of it it's not going to count do you it's not going to i know they i think they do it in new jersey and uh massachusetts and massachusetts, massachusetts they hate it at least from what i yeah. hear they say it's completely no, it's, irrelevant why are we playing these games in the middle of a playoff run why would I play yeah. my yeah. starters? Yeah. Why would anybody of importance exactly. play in the game? Well, what do you, do you would are you pro Thanksgiving or, or would you like to see maybe I, something different? You know what? It, it, it's it's it all depended on where I was coaching. Right. Camden, obviously, the Green Ball was a big deal. Huge. Um, North Brantford, uh, we we ended up playing Hyde right. on the night. John John Aquavita and myself sat down and said, "Listen." Again, we were kind of jumping the gun. We're, I, we both said we're probably going to be the two best teams in this league for a while, so why don't we just play on Thanksgiving? So we played the night before Thanksgiving, and I believe up until uh, Hyde closed, they were still doing that. I think so, yeah. Um, so that that was that became a pretty big deal. The Guilford hand thing was 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 a big deal. Now we moved the game to Wednesday night. But it's still, it was still a very, very big thing. They still, no matter, um, even though Hand has not lost that since you were there, right? Did you beat him one? No. We did. You did, did beat, beat him, him, right. Okay, I thought We did so. beat him. They haven't won that we game since beat you beat him in, like, 06. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think too many teams are beating Hand these days. R- right, but, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's a rare thing. But even though yeah. that that is almost a predetermined rivalry, give or take a few years, People still come out and pack the joint for it. Absolutely. Um, at East Haven now, the Brantford game is a huge game. Yeah, yeah, huge. I mean that that's we you know again we had that cold snap last year or whatever, and they moved the game to Friday. But I'll tell you what, even for the day after Thanksgiving, the place is packed. You know, it's 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 a big thing. Both towns really really like it. I and if they did away with it. Yeah, I don't think it would be. Uh, Here's I'm, I'm yeah, just kind of I'm kind of dreaming up a little thing here. Maybe we because it does end late. The season does end late, and all the basketball and hockey coaches are, are grumbling. They don't like it, and I don't blame them. And it gets cold, and the next thing you know, if you have a a snowstorm like we did in '13, you're playing the week before Christmas, which is you can't do that. Um, can't may, do it. May I mean again, if we somehow figure out a way, maybe to have. Like reorganize these leagues, you know, get rid of these massive leagues where we don't even know what to do with them, and get everyone organized into like an eight-game schedule. Maybe you play two out of game, out of you know conference games, like in case, well, in case you, I don't know, whoever you want to play, play it, and then we yeah. go we go back to four, and you have four league champions or something like that or something, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think um, 
you know, I, I think it's great, like especially in our case where there's eight teams in the playoffs now, so we do have a chance to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a chance last year. We have a chance this year. But like you, like you guys were just saying, that the results of those games, those first, I mean, it's just it's been ugly. You know, yeah. it's it's been ugly. But I don't know what the solution yeah. is. We're just going to try to win the next three there and then go. hope. Well, for the best. Well, t- well, tell me about your guys, you know. Tell me about your team this year. We're going on and on about this. We forgot to talk about the actual Yellow Jackets. You guys miss out last um, year. Heartbreaker. I picked you on Thanksgiving, yeah. too. <laughs> we, um, we've, had a, we've had a solid season. I mean, again, it starts off where our starting quarterback yeah. in the second quarter, Tanner DeVito, second quarter against Foreign, injures his thumb. Now, I'm going to say this. Tanner had a good a preseason, okay, from, from spring through the summer to fall camp than any quarterback that I've coached. He was tremendous. He was poised to have a very, very big senior year. But the way it worked out was because Tanner was, was playing so well, we had moved Trey Gurria to wide receiver. Right. But I continued to get Trey a lot of work at quarterback just because Tanner was playing so well and I wanted to get Trey caught up and it ended up working out in our favor because Trey comes in and has done very well. I mean, um, you know, I, I thought he played very, very well early on. He's, he, uh, we've struggled offensively the past few weeks. So we're, we're going to, we're going to get that corrected. And, uh, you know, we've been solid on defense the whole year, but I will say this, that this is, a very very good team as far as character goes as far as behavior goes as far as academics go these kids have done a really good job of 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 really trying to turn this whole thing around i mean they've they've been a great senior class uh and it's been a fun team to coach like i I don't i like going to work every day i like going to practice every day to coach these guys yeah you know so they, they they've done a good job uh, we were running the ball at an unbelievable clip the first four games of the season, um, probably averaging close to 350 a game on the ground. Um, and again, we've slumped the past few weeks. But well, I mean, you know, like I said, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna get that uh, we're gonna get that corrected. I hope. Who else has been playing well for? I mean, I saw him against Guilford, and he was tremendous. Guerrilla. Yeah, Trey, Trey's, Trey's played really well. I think uh, our tight end slash wide receiver, Jake Marquat has good. played real well. Uh, as a matter of fact, our whole receiving court, Tanner's brother, Alec DeVito, Cayman uh, Quattlebaum, uh, Marquat. these guys have done a very, very good job of catching the football. Trey's done a good job of throwing the ball. We've been throwing the ball more than we usually do, um, you know, out of – part because we haven't been running the ball well but the other part is we can do it i mean trey can throw it they can catch it so so why not do it um we threw 29 times against cheshire wow. <laughs> there have been seasons there's been seasons when my teams didn't throw 29 passes in a season Look at you. we threw 29 in a game <laughs> you know but uh you know calvin nelson uh has been very very good on defense i i believe calvin is an all-state player uh, plays nose for us, an offensive guard. He's a very, very good kid, very good player, athletic. Um, defensively, like I said, you know, Nick Gargano, who runs our defense, does a real good job. And we've been solid on defense pretty much the whole season. Now, again, Cheshire is a different animal. They're physically, physically better than us 
and they put 48 on the board against us. But other than that, you know, I, I think we've been, been very good on defense. So it's been a fun year. Again, it's been – but like I said earlier, there has no rhythm to mm. it. You know, it's it's almost like we are starting over every week. Yeah, I totally get that. just 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 the way just the way this this whole thing has has transpired. You know, and it's it, it it's it's difficult. The bye week this time actually came at a good time. We had some kids injured who would not have been able to play had we played Friday night. So this this kind of worked in our favor. So hopefully we'll have everybody healthy for uh, for Friday and then three division games, which. Which is you good, know, yeah. Really here you good. go. Now you're getting into it. Now this is your, your now, playoff push. You got now three the last division three games. weeks. Exactly the last three weeks of the season. You know, now we have three division games. You know, we got Lyman Hall, who who I think is a very good team and very very physical. We had a great game with them last year. Jonathan Law. Uh, you know, again, we saw him over the summer in passing league. They have a you know they have a ton of kids who can run and catch the ball. They can put a lot of points on the board. And then, of course, Brantford on Thanksgiving, who I really think, player for player, I think Brantford is the best team in our division. Hmm. They have outstanding people, yeah. all right, at every position. They're not hiding anyone. They're 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 a very good team, you know. And again, it's just sometimes things happen, sometimes they don't, and you know, it's they, they've they've kind of struggled, but. You know they're they're a very good team, and that that'll be a very very difficult game for us on Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm going to pick you guys again this year, so please yeah. help me out. <laughs> well, we'll 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 try. Yeah, well, I ran into John <laughs> this Hopefully summer. Hopefully, it won't be too cold. Yeah, I ran into John this summer, and he's like, "Don't think I don't I didn't forget that you picked East Haven against us on Thanksgiving." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be t it's gonna be close. I'm looking at the, the M standings here. I mean, it's gonna be close. The only thing you guys can do is just win those games out, and if you you make it, you make it. If you don't, hey, you know. Exactly. You know exactly. We we have a chance, and again, I I I, I told the kids last week that we have a chance to go back to back winning seasons. I don't know when the last time that was done at East Haven. I don't know. Oof. You know, it's it's probably it's probably been a long time. What did I? You know, so. What did I figure? I think last year's record was like their best record in like forty years, almost. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was something like that. Which I think I think it was something like that. Last year's group was a good group. They were those kids were tough, tough kids. That senior class. We started nine seniors. We had nine seniors on the team, which is odd. So we lose nine starters. Then we lose Tanner, who was a two-year starter. Then we had a, uh, another another casualty where um, one of our guys has been out for the season, one of our a starter. So really we've lost 11 seniors off of last year's team. Right. So and, and to, to do what we've done so far is, is a testament to our kids and, and how they have worked and how they've believed in the, you know, the process of what we're trying to do here. But, you know, again, it's going to be fun the next three weeks. I mean, again, it, it, it's games you want to play in, you know, we've put ourselves in a position to, to to extend the season, to have a winning season, to do all those things we talked about, you know, and we're in the same spot we were a year ago. You know, I tell the kids it all the time. And last year I said the goal is to play in relevant football games. And I said this year, well, we played in relevant games last year. Now we got to finish relevant games. Mm -hmm. So we'll certainly see in the next three weeks. You know, we're – I'm excited. You know, again, it's common people. It's common opponents. So 
it's uh it's exciting well it's good good to get you guys you're good to get you excited no no one you know no one likes uh excitement more than than us here so um just quick i mean you you were known for being mr like journeyman it seems like you found a little bit of a home here in east haven what do you what do you think oh i i i enjoy it the people of east haven have been very good to me i i have a job in the school system there you go um which i like uh a lot and it's a great place to work. I work with great people. I, I enjoy coaching these kids. And, you know, we have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. But, again, I think I think we can get it done. I, we have a good coaching staff. Uh, you know, we have good support from the administration. So, you know, it, it's, it's going very well so far. All right, Coach. Well, we appreciate you giving us your thoughts here. We've been dying to get you on, so right, uh, we appreciate it. You got to practice, so go out there and get them, and uh, <laughs> we'll definitely see you. It's up. We'll definitely see you in the next few weeks. So, uh, and go get them, and, and good luck. Good talking, coach. All right, guys. Thank you. Always right. a pleasure. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, Pete, that was Scott Benoit. Scott's been dying to come on. Like I said, uh, I've been ribbing him in the uh, in the uh, audibles the last two weeks. But uh, you know, again, he brings us some great points. There is something lost when you're not playing against your rivals. I think the only thing lost is more games for the worst teams. No. I, I, I like these I like these games. I liked that East Haven played New Fairfield. So now when we're looking at M and we're like New Fairfield and East Haven, they're both, you know, five and three, they're a couple of points away. It's like, yeah, but New Fairfield beat East Haven by thirty points. Here's where I think it goes wrong. I think it goes wrong that there are so many of them. Yeah. I yeah, think I think, I think we, we need to start they, one and two and kind of work the way there needs to be a fundamental change in the way the leagues are structured. And that means basically blowing up all the leagues and then let's put them all into separate districts. And I think that'll be your, you know, where you're playing, you can play whoever you want um, size wise around you. So if you want to play East Haven, you want to play Cheshire, knock yourself out. Is it going to count against you for the playoffs? No, because then you got to play teams that are of your size around you to get into the playoffs and win a league. That's basically what the district model is all about and what I want to do. So anyway, so with all that said, we've talked about that a hundred million times, different ways. You know, Al, we have Brockett saying it's off against Benoit doesn't like it. A lot of other coaches don't like it, but for now, let's go to the picks. Last week, um, it was a very condensed week. About eight people went six and four. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then me and the eight ball went five and five, and Bill went four and six. So <laughs> your your name wasn't called. You went six and four last week. It was a weird week. Uh, overall standings: Fornabio and Dave Stewart lead the way at sixty three. Yeah, still there. Yep, sixty three twenty seven. Bowley and McNamee are game behind at sixty two twenty eight. Doug Bonjour sixty one twenty nine. Your boy at sixty and thirty. And then everyone, it's kind of the three games separate me in the top. And then I think it falls off. Lacey Murphy, 58-32. Erickson's 55-35. and 35. Morelli's 51-39. and 39. And uh, Bloxham uh, and the 8-ball at the bottom. So, 8-ball make a move, though, is 49-41. So. Good for him. i got to make a move. We gotta, this is the time now. Now we're getting to it. Yep. got to make a move. And this week is not easier. No. We have some gimmies and some not-so-gimmies. Hit me up, Pete. Hit me up. Here we go. Number one. This game was awesome last year. Both teams were really good last year. Both teams ended up going to state finals last year. One of them won. One of them got creamed. Uh, we got 8-0 Bloomfield at 7-1 Berlin. Berlin, a team who's down so many starters. Unbelievable. Yet they are still 
clawing and they're alive. Justin Skates has gotten a million times better than he was at the beginning of the yeah. year. For a kid who was didn't take many snaps in the offseason a week before the season, their starter tears their shoulder and they go, here you go. Yeah. And now, you know, he's seven and one, he's playing really well, and then Bloomfield, Bloomfield. Yeah. And they stupid. What happened what last doing. week with Bloomfield? If someone has the box score, please share it with us because we somehow can't find it online. Mm-hmm. No one has sent it in, and no one has it, so I don't know if they're, you know. 74 to nothing there. over Buckley. Yeah, a team that hasn't Buckley. won a game in two and a half years. Congratulations, guys. Feel good about yourselves. Ty, was this necessary? Seriously, like, with 74 points, can you, Darianne played Bridgeport Central, and Darianne beat Bridgeport Central 34 to zero. You think Darianne couldn't beat Bridgeport Central more than that? Is this ne- and then I got to read about on Twitter Anthony Simpson having I know listen I love Anthony Simpson I think he's a great player he's probably going to be a first team all, all state do we need to give him eight touchdowns against Buckley what does that even prove it doesn't prove a thing it but- wasn't the old AP poll point differential like back in like the twenties oh my god I mean that's that's kind of what it seems like I don't know what happened but Anthony Simpson scoring eight touchdowns if after the fourth one you know what you're up big enough get him out of the game. I don't care what quarter. You might have been the first quarter for all I know. Yeah. Well, There's if, no if point. If anyone has the box score, please share it because it's, it's mysteriously of, yeah. being hidden this week. There are a lot of people who are shaking their heads at that one. I, mean, I talked no, to I talk to a few coaches. It does not impress me that you guys scored eight. I mean, you know, having one of your players score eight touchdowns, have two picks against Buckley. Sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't no. impress me. Oh, well, I've had, I've, again, I've spoken to a couple of coaches who were just like, really? I mean, 74. You had to do it. Look, I, I know the rule doesn't exist anymore. The, the 50 point rule yeah and I, I understand and I, I these, these uh, coaches not, that yeah. I've also talked to like the, the the clock running the clock was running and you still scored 74 points something was going listen, on listen, I, listen I, do I have to read about Anthony Simpson scoring eight touchdowns and it's probably you guys going to make a big deal out of that like as if like I'm not you know I'm not supposed to notice who you played well they were they were so surprisingly and, quiet this week yeah. other than that on social media, which is completely different than what they normally do. Yeah. So who do you got? I'm going to – well, I mean, listen, Bloomfield. Bloomfield, they yeah, got Bloomfield, everybody. Bloomfield. And Berlin is basically stitched together. I love what they've done at 7-1. Not beating Bloomfield. I'm going with Bloomfield. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bloomfield too. It's just Berlin, a lot of duct tape keeping this team together. Even healthy, fully healthy, I think I take Bloomfield in this game. All right, <clears throat> next up, staying in the CCC. Not as sexy of a matchup, but <laughs> one and seven Avon at two and six Rocky Hill. Shoulder shrug, I wrote down. Yeah. I, Connor Walsh has six touchdowns for for Rocky Hill. Avon doesn't have any stats up. These are just this is just not a good year for either of these teams. No. Um, Rocky Hill apparently you know, we didn't mention this last week, but there is a possible criminal investigation going on with something that might have happened after practice. I don't know what it is. There's been really no other reporting on it. I haven't heard anything. It might, might have something to do with hazing. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, listen, there's a dark cloud hanging over Rocky Hill. Um, you know, I, I hope, you know, you hate to see stuff like that. You really do. Um, Avon's been competitive in some of these games. I'm going to go with Avon. Yeah, I'm going to go with Avon as well. Um, I think, you know, this is just a bad year for these two teams, and it is what it is at this point, I guess. All right, <clears throat> going over this ECC. Four and four New London at four and four Fitch. Now, this has been interesting. This every the team since 2015 
a new team has won every game. So they've gone every other the last, like, four years. little fun fact. Fitch knocked off East Lime last week, and uh, I kind of said something in the guide, like, if Fitch is going down, they're taking East Lime with them. <laughs> and then they, sure enough, they did that. I'm going with the Falcons. Yeah, I'm sticking with Fitch because New London won last year. So Fitch is going to win this year. Yeah, well, there you go. That's pretty There easy. it is. Method to the madness. All right. Going back to going back going to the FCAC five and three Ludlow and we're picking Danbury again this week five and three Danbury. This is like the tier two title in the FCAC. <laughs> you know, like the second leg. You got your top four teams and you got seems like Ludlow, Norwalk, and Danbury, and then everybody else. I thought Ludlow was going to have be a little bit more competitive against Greenwich. Guess not. Oof. They still have their quarterback, Quinn Pavaz. We've mentioned that a few times here. I love what Mitch Ross has done at Ludlow. They almost beat Fairfield Prep a few uh, back early in the season. But, you know, Danbury just seems to me like, you know, they got a huge boost from that Darian loss. They almost lost to Norwalk, but they outlast the, the Bears. I love the way they're playing right now. I'm going with the Hatters. Yeah, I'm going with Danbury. Um, I don't know the I don't know the health of Jackson. Yeah. Cohen, the quarterback, he went down against Norwalk. Looked like he was possibly in a sling. Um, again, I'm good. not a doctor, but uh, if Patrick Rossetti's playing quarterback, Danbury still has a chance to win games. Yeah. He came in. He looked awesome through the touchdown late against Norwalk. Led a second that was a great catch, half too. Comeback. Great catch by Bernie. De, uh, De La Cruz. Just, Danbury's got athletes everywhere. I don't think Ludlow can run with him. I think Ludlow can run with him. I think this is going to be another barn burner, basically. Uh, but I'm still going with that. I think Danbury wins com- comfortably. Mm, okay. I don't think it's going to be like their last two games that are down to the last minute. All right. Fair enough. So, all right. <clears throat> another great matchup from the NVL. 1-5 <laughs> Kennedy at 1-7 Derby. Yeah. Derby's I got there. nothing. Derby's had a really rough go of it this year. Um, yeah, they've just the depth is just not Derby's strong point this year, and even in the NVL, they, I, it seems like a lot of guys have just been kind of hurting this year. Um, you know, Crosby beating him last week. I uh, I have a hard time seeing them winning this game. They probably will. I mean, go get them, George. But uh, I'm gonna go Kennedy. You're going with JFK. You're going with Kennedy, huh? I'm going with Derby. Derby wins their first game at home. All right, fair they, enough. They, they win. Everybody gets Red Raider dogs. It's a crazy celebration. Yeah, good for them. I would love to see it. I hope so. I mean, but look, I don't, I'm not calling these, it. The city teams from Waterbury struggle. I know Crosby, Crosby won a game last week, but these, these uh, city schools from Waterbury tend to not – the public city schools from Waterbury tend to only beat the public – City schools from Waterbury. Yeah, well, so, except Crosby beating Derby last. Yeah, week. yeah, except for Crosby beating Derby last week. The city schools in Waterbury have a trouble beating the the non-city schools in Waterbury. So, Red Raider dogs. For All right. Them. All right. Jumping up to the Pequot. This is a big one. We talked huge. about it. Playoff implications. This is a huge game. Six and one Windsor Locks at seven and one SMSA. Windsor Locks has had a pretty strong season, considering what you know. Usually they're not this good. Um, you know they knocked off Granby. Um, they've, they've beaten Gilbert. I mean, but this is this is their moment now. Now that they've got three huge games left. We said they were a team to watch beginning of the season. They got Pino running the ball, who's pretty good. It's a good team. SMSA, though, has been the class of, like, the, you know, the, the Uncas. They only have one loss. I'm going to go with SMSA. Yeah, I'm SMSA gonna... seems to have been having a little bit of injury problems, though, huh? Yeah, a couple of guys have been banged around, but Kevin Quinn's done a great job of keeping them in the games and, and winning, and I'm going to go with SMSA as well. Fair enough. Jordan Rivera's running the ball very well for uh, I think the, SMSA... Wildcats, the Wild Tigers. 
poop. The, the tiger cats. The tiger cats. The wild tigers. That was close. <laughs> wild tigers. There you go, Killingly. That's S- better than Red Hawks. SMS. There are a lot of teams. Well, both of these teams, as we mentioned, are 5-6. Windsor Lock is 5, and SMSA is 6 in the Class M standings. I think the winner is going to put themselves in a great position to qualify for the playoffs, and the loser will not, of course. The loser is going to have to win out. If it ends up being Windsor Locks, you know, then you got to beat North Brantford, which is a pretty tough team, and Stafford, Summersby's winners, which you know we know all about. Brian, those guys, they do pretty chop. So, um, but I'm going to go with the Tiger Cats. I think they've they've been able to weather the storms here, and uh, I think they're going to be fine. What kind of sound do you make a Tiger Cat makes? Like a meow. No. Uh, Jaguar <laughs> Wouldn't that be a Jaguar <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Next game in the SEC. For the first time ever, we have hand. Hey. Took, took eight hand games, but we finally have hand on the pickums because, well, we have to do at one point. Um, it's 5-2 and two Shelton at 8-0 and oh hand. This was the game at the beginning of the year that everybody circled. Uh, the Finn Fanatics were, like, tweeting at me, being like, oh, this is a game, this and this, and a couple of hand kids were like, yo, no one cares. Like, whatever. And now we're sitting here in Shelton's 5-2, and two, hanging on for dear life. And Hand is sitting at 8-0, like a lot of everybody expected. Well, I mean, it's encouraging that Xavier, you know, hung around with Hand. So, I think Shelton gets up for this game. Yeah, you worry a little bit about what's going on. Uh, you know, losing to Cheshire and then losing to Newtown the next week. The defense has not been crisp. I mean, there's been teams that have hung around against Shelton, but I do think this is the game they've been waiting for. Now they need it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a death knell if they lose, but if you want to go to the playoffs, you want to guarantee a spot in the playoffs, you got to be here. Yeah. At the surf club, though, Dave Mastriani has one loss his entire career, and that would be to Shelton a few weeks, uh, two weeks into his first season. Two weeks. September 15th, 2017 was yeah. the last time Hand lost the game. This is always a great and game. And it was to Shelton, they lost by two. Now, not only did you mention the loss to Cheshire and Newtown, they had to come back to beat Xavier. Like, that was a very close game, right. and you kind of still felt like Shelton was in a funk. I think they've come out of it against North Haven. I think they needed to win like that. Uh, but I still I can't see them beating Ham this week, so I'm going with the regular Tigers. Wow! <laughs> Shelton needs to play a perfect game, clearly. I mean, the, Shelton needs to get its offensive line, needs to get moving. I mean, that's a, that's a tough matchup. But Shelton has the big boys up front. They need to run the ball. They need to pass when they need to. Like, if they end up having to pass every down because they're down a few scores, it's going to be trouble. If Colin McCabe is able to do his thing, if Haberman's able to do his thing, I mean, listen, Han has so many weapons. Shelton has guys. Tyler Pidjack. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Tyler Pidjack um, has been good. Gazal, they need to get those two guys going because that is how their offense runs. And then they can start throwing the ball to uh, – the likes, you know, to some of their guys on the, on like like Thompson or Niski or Otto, and that defensive line needs to start playing the way it did. Like Lakovic, uh, you guys need to step it up. Let's get going, man. I know that's tough to tough to crack with Cornello Corniello there, and some of their hands linemen. The matchup isn't the greatest for Shelton. Shelton worries you, so I, I know I which is a roundabout way of saying basically hands coming. Yeah, I <laughs> at got the Surf Club. Against that team, it's a team of destiny. I know, like, Xavier gave him a little trouble. It was still 46-6. You know, Trap w- game. Yeah. Trap game. It wasn't a Norwalk type of – it was a lot closer than that. There, I think it was like 10-6 What did the commenter say about Xavier? If Norwalk was almost there, where was Xavier? But I think, you know, hand to uh, 
just It's not how think, you start, guys, it's how you finish. I don't think I don't think Shelton can score with hand. I agree. I think their defense needs to like Weathersfield did against hand early. They forced Phoenix Millings into making two turnovers. They somewhat kept it close and then hand pulled away. We've seen Hand do that a thousand times. Shelton needs to keep Hand off the board. Whether you got to keep McCabe out of the end zone, you got to keep being the Billings out of the end zone. You can't let uh, Ethan Gronkowski, Haberman get going against you because I don't think there's a bigger kid in the SEC than him. You need to keep them off the field. You need to keep the score low. Shelton's only scored over 40 points twice this year against North Haven last week or two weeks ago and against NFA earlier in the year. Yeah. I don't think they can keep I don't it. think they could score with Hand. At the Surf Club yeah. in November? No. All right. Get ready. This is probably going to be an eight-ball game for Shelton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The the number eight game on our on our list, staying in the SEC, we got Class S Sheehan, six and one, playing Class Double L Cheshire, who's also six and one. I just wanted to point out the classes so everyone knows how ridiculous this matchup is. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're Scott Benoit, you want to play uh, Sheen. Sheen and Cheshire haven't played since 2016. I got a couple of fun. I got a this couple is of fun. Old school Hoosie matchup. Yeah. So Sheen. And Cheshire haven't played since 2018, uh, 2016. Sheen is 0-8 in their last games against Cheshire. And Sheen, who lost to North Haven last week, is the last time Sheen has lost two games in a row was in 2016 when they started 0-3 in Zach Davis' senior year when they lost to East Haven Foreign and then Cheshire. Yeah. So that's all my fun. That, that's this, all I have. This is an old-school Hoosie matchup. I know uh, everyone talks about how we want to play these games again. You know, Benoit's talking about it. And hey, don't remember, don't you, don't forget that Sheehan back in the Dennis Mannion days, you know, used to you know, thrive in these games and beat these teams. Well, it's a little different now. All right, it's, it's, that was 20, 30 years ago now, which is crazy. But Sheehan seems a little like they're a little banged up. Bogan didn't play last week. They really, really needed that win against North Haven, as we mentioned. Um, yeah, I, even with Bogan in there, even with a, a healthy Davis. Cheshire's offensive line just wears you out. And then they just pound away. Pound, pound, pound with Jake McElinden and the guys. They have Ram. It's at Cheshire. You're going to have Ramland singing, you know, singing and causing all sorts of You ruckus. really like Bon Jovi, I, apparently. No, no, no. It has something. It, no, <laughs> I love the student section at Cheshire. You don't have, like, a John Bon Jovi wig that you wear in your no, apartment every now and then? No, I just love the fact <laughs> that they sing along to the songs and everything. I think they, they, the kids are rocking. You know, unlike Southington, as we mentioned last week. So, uh, <laughs> listen, to, like you said before, history is not on Sheehan's side here. It would be really fascinating if they were able to pull off an upset. I don't think it happens. I'm going with Cheshire. Yeah, I really, 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 really want to pick Sheehan. Yeah. I really do. I don't know the health of their players heading into this game. And I think because of that, I am going to pick Cheshire. I just think as a double L school, they have the bodies. Can she and run with them for the first half? Probably. But let's not forget that last year, Sheehan, with uh, they had a, a lot of seniors last year, but they played with Fairfield Prep. Remember? They played mm-hmm. very well. With, and I think Fairfield Prep last year is better than this, Sheen, uh, this Cheshire team. Mm. Healthy, I think Sheehan can run with them. I don't know the status of, of Bogan or Davis. So... Uh, shoulder shrug again, shoulder shrug emoji. Um, so I think it's going to have to play it safe and go with Cheshire, but yeah. Sheen Cheshire really needs this game. Cheshire wears it. Yeah. All right. Ninth game, SWC, nice matchup. 7-1 and one, Weston, 6-2 and two, Masic, and guess who's back? Yeah, back playing. again. 
Your boy. James Getz. Like I said in the audibles last week, when Getz is, if Getz is back, so are the Trojans. The Trojans were definitely back. They gave Notre Dame Fairfield a business. But business. when was the last time that they beat Massac? Um, in the last nine meetings dating back to 2006, Weston has not beat Massac. And the closest it was was 20... Nine, 19 points in 2009. Yeah. Listen, it's not a vintage Massac team, but it's certainly good. Yep. Uh, they proved that last week. They just absolutely destroyed... Well, they've destroyed a bunch of teams this year. Um, not Cheshire. Who's the other Oh, Windsor. They lost a win, and they lost a Windsor by one by one point. And they had a chance to win that game late. After Windsor lost a really bad game to open the season. Yeah, it's just weird. Listen, Massac is still Massac. Newtown dominates the headlines because they're winning all these SEC games. Massac maybe not at the, you know, at their at their level. We'll see on Thanksgiving. This is not a game Massac loses. I'm taking the Panthers. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Panthers as well. I just I like the Western boys. James gets his back, but. I think this is a game much like the Sheehan Cheshire game that comes down to size. Massac is a bigger school than Weston. A lot of Weston's guys go two ways. You know, we talk about James Getz being back at quarterback, but you know what? He's also back at safety. Yeah. You know, so a lot of these guys have to play two ways, and I think there's that's where the difference is. But the, I do think it's the, be a good the, one. the saving grace for Weston here is that Massac is not really especially big up front. Um, I think Weston's going to be able to contend with them for a while at least. Um, I think Massac's depth kind of wears them out. You know, yeah. He's taking Massac. Yep, mask as well. Panthers. I think we should make sound noise now for every, um, for every pick. Now, last one, biggest game in the FCAC this week. We actually have a, a good matchup in the FCAC this week. Seven and one Ridgefield, who's only losses to St. Joe's, at seven and one Greenwich, who's only losses to Darien. Let's hoping that there's going to be parking there this weekend. <laughs> so Ridgefield coming off a big win, a, a dominant win over McMahon last week. Um, Good to see Owen Matthews back for, for Ridgefield after, you know, getting knocked out of the St. Joseph game a few weeks ago. Uh, but he did look like he alternated with Declan McNamara a little bit. I don't know whether they were, they were, they were giving him a little bit of work uh, just in case uh, something like that happens again. Uh, even with Ridgefield completely healthy, I had some serious questions about, you know, whether they're going to be able to stay ahead with a team like Greenwich. I mean, Greenwich just absolutely mopped the floor with, with Ludlow. And you're starting to look at back of the Darien game thinking, like, you know, the only thing that really killed them in that game was the fact that they allowed Darien to go up 21 nothing. Um, you know, Greenwich didn't look, really look like Greenwich in that game. Now the last few weeks against, you know, not as good opponents, Greenwich came back and forth. A.J. Barber, you know, Ranello, uh, Eddie I. Terry with a crazy catch for a touchdown, which, which was great. Love, uh, love when a big guy scores. Yeah, we love that stuff. Uh you know, it, traditionally, Richfield likes to give Greenwich a lot of trouble. I would not be surprised if Richfield. I mean, Richfield's defense is, is good. It's very good. And the other linebackers are tremendous. Um, but, you know, it's just I have a hard time seeing them going down to Greenwich and winning. I'm going with Greenwich. Yeah, I'm going with Greenwich. Can we just skip to the double L finals of Darien and Greenwich and Stanford, please? <laughs> right. At Boyle Stadium. Yeah, of let's course. just Boyle Stadium, double L. Let's just do it. We know it's going to happen. Let's just get there before it snows. So, Pete, that's the picks. Um, I guess we only differed on one. So yeah, they, we're going to have to go and cover that now, though. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to cover Derby and, uh, Kennedy. and Kennedy because that's a huge swing game between me and Pete. <laughs> if, I win that, <laughs> if I win that game, I'll go two up on Pete. 
No. Regardless of what happens, right? No. Yeah, regardless of what yeah. happens. Right? Regardless of what happens, if you win that game, you pull into a tie. You need this one, man. I do. Come so on, we'll see how, Derby. <laughs> we'll see how the rest of the field goes. So, I mean, listen, it's going to be a crazy week out there. That's that's the show for this week. And I'm Ooh. excited. Hand Shelton, it's not the that's where you're going on on Friday night. Yeah, um, I got Hand Shelton Friday. I'll and be then, at Sheehan Cheshire. And so. then I think I got Richfield Greenwich on Saturday. I will be covering the Nepsack Bowl game between Suffield Academy and Avon Little Farms. Tyler Pumajan versus uh, Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami commit from Glastonbury. That should be a tremendous showdown up at uh, Avon Old Farms if, Saturday afternoon. If anyone from Greenwich listens that has pull, I prefer a, a parking spot this weekend. Yeah. I don't want to park by the stop sign again. Tell Gus Lindine, give him a call. Yeah, like just you know, <laughs> coach. Any players listen? You guys got a par- student parking pass? I'll give you twenty bucks for it. Yeah, just let, me, just let me park somewhere near and dear to the field. We'll call that a wrap for this week. Should be exciting. For Peter Bogwaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Meat Grinder on Game Time CT. See you later. Later. Wow.